0: but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears he is like a refiner's fire like a fuller's soap he will sit as a smelter and a purifier of silver and he'll purify the sons of Levi and refine them like silver and gold so that they may be present to the Lord present to the Lord as offerings in righteousness then the Lord's Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years. Um, And then from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses uh, 1 to 6. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod the Tetrarch of uh, of Galilee and his brother Philip was Tetrarch of the region of Etruria and Turnchitus and Licinius Lys- uh, was a Tetrarch of Al- Abilene, in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness, and he came into all the district of the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Every ravine will be filled, and every mountain and hill will be brought low, and the crooked will become straight, and the rough paths smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of the Lord. Before I go into the reading, I want to point out that I think we've often heard even this passage from Malachi as this sort of, uh, at least for me, a really almost a, a, a tough passage. You know, this is the way it's going to be. God is going to set things right, and it feels like an intense word, but it's a restoring word that God has brought to his people. So, this is the reading today for many of us, uh, what we're addressing here is to prepare our hearts and we're going to look at that in the passage that we're looking at in our text this morning. To celebrate the birth of Jesus is to prepare our hearts, to ready ourselves to encounter him. We're anticipating his coming again, but we're anticipating his coming. It's a, it's a beautiful choice to reflect upon the ways that the prophecy has been fulfilled and the way it continues to be fulfilled in our life. Now, here's the reading. For many of us, the call to head home is one of joy and hope. We can't wait to reconnect with family, with history and tradition. With a wonderful time and loving support, we can't wait to get home. Those, there are those, though, who have a fear of going home. However, there are times when going home brings back memories that are not good, that are not healing. We're reminded we don't fit in, we don't measure up. When we weren't loved like we needed to be loved, home can be a difficult place for some. The prophet Malachi tells us that even when we're in the hottest of fires there's a presence that can make things better, that can refine and purify. John the Baptist tells us that the road home is always under construction. I like that. Mountains leveled, valleys filled in to make smooth the path that leads us to our true destination where we live in peace and unity. With all. We light these candles today, the candle of hope and the candle of peace, as a sign of assurance that though the road is hard, we believe it is worth the journey and it is time to come home. As we light the second candle, uh, may God's Spirit prepare our hearts to receive Christ as King. May God's grace abound in our life in this season as we anticipate. The coming of Jesus in our life. Let's pray this prayer together. Father, touch our hearts. You can go ahead and light two of those candles, two of those purple ones. Father, touch our hearts to truly celebrate the meaning of this season. The world continues to try to focus us on the worries of today, but today we choose in faith to focus on your promises. You faithfully did what you promised through the prophet Malachi when you promised to send your son to the earth so that it would be cleansed and we could become part of your family. We thank you for your faithfulness in this season of Advent. We focus on the birth of your son, our Lord, to build up our faith, to anticipate, uh, to accept as absolute your promise to bring us home. We relight the candle of hope to embrace that hope as reality, proven by your constant faithfulness. We light this second candle of faith as we recall your faithfulness and wait for your plan to unfold. Grow our faith to have patience as your plan to bring us home with you continues to unfold, and in faith to embrace your kingdom now. Remind us to take time to be still and to remember that you are God and that you are faithful. Amen and amen. Amen. And thank you guys for lighting that this morning. Really, as a part of the message that we're celebrating this morning as we celebrate Advent together. Amen. Good group, guys. Thank you. <clears throat> Preparing our hearts, I want to invite you, if you the the one more reading I want to look out of and it is out of the book of Mark and I'm going to be reading from the passion translation This is the beginning of the wonderful news about Jesus the Messiah the son of God It starts with Isaiah the prophet who wrote Listen I'm sending my messenger ahead of of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a thunderous voice of one who shouts in the wilderness, prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord, Yahweh, and clear a straight path inside your hearts for him. Lord, continue, I pray, to speak to our hearts Holy Spirit, I trust you that we would hear your invitation today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this might be my first crack at trying to preach, uh, how do I say this, finding God in the music kind of thing. But there is a lyric I want to begin with this morning that you might be familiar with. It goes like this. We can never know about the days to come. But we think about them anyway, and I wonder if I'm really with you now or chasing after some finer day. Anticipation. Anticipation. It's it's making me late. It's keeping me waiting. Now, there went the earwig in your head, right? Sorry about that. The title I've given the message this morning is just that anticipation and here's the reason it's just my simple question for us this morning what are we anticipating you know I I read these passages out of the book of Malachi and I can recall times that I've heard them taught preached and prayed with a thunderous passion even from my own uh, you know from my own lips own heart you know Who can endure the coming of the Lord? And here's what I want to proclaim over us this morning in the name of Jesus. You know, it's Paul who said that it's all of creation that has been bound and and is waiting, uh, how how is it worded in Romans 8? That is um, groaning, that's the word, is groaning, in expectation and in hope for the sons of God to be revealed. And, it, and then it says, for in hope we've been saved. And if properly understood out of Romans 8, what that means is this, that the hope that is bound in us isn't just for us to get through and somehow maybe get there at some point, But actually rightly understood the hope of the gospel is that what God gave to man in the garden, he is restored to man through his son. So that place of deep abiding fellowship and provision of significance, of security, of provision and belonging that God gave to man in the garden, and that Paul says, Creations, even there's this ache, and we can see it in front of us, visibly. is aching for this hope of the sons of men to be revealed. God proclaims he's restored it. Now watch this. This is what I want to speak over us this morning. We read into it in these readings and these prayers that we prayed, which is this. God's promise, listen to me, in the name of Jesus is that he's bringing us home. He's restoring us. And, and, and so the question I have for us this morning is, what are we anticipating in these days? In, in this season, yes, I want to get to that. But, but what's, the, what's the primary anticipation that seems to be burning inside of me? is do I have a gospel that leaves me with this anticipation of something that I'll never see, experience, or get to, or do I actually believe that God has restored me to a place of fellowship with Him? As I think about it in this season, the anticipation, the stuff that needs to be done, the things that are done, but the the things that I'm hoping for. And then then I think about Okay, let's, let's talk about this season for just a moment between Thanksgiving and Christmas that we call Advent. I'm going to give that a little bit more uh, definition, a little bit more history for us so that we can be comfortable with it. But right now for us, most of us, Advent is just a frenetic, crazy, busy, expensive time of year. In these few days, right there, that little month, The biggest frenzy of spending happens more than more than half of the retail spending is happens right now. This is just makes my brain hurt. Billions and billions of dollars a day spent in this time frame, anticipating what? Well, if we're rightly remembering, okay, well, this is all about Christmas. It's, it's, it's about celebrating the birth of a homeless baby, the Son of God, and by the way, in case you're wondering, 2023 were up by 10% already over last year, and, and think about that. Just, just the sheer dichotomy of it. Denise and I were driving across town yesterday for some reason. Come by one of the wholesale clubs, and we're like, "It's nuts." Glad we're not going in there today. So, you know, the question is, what are we anticipating? And if I'm honest, the challenge in that is like, okay, we've got we've got some things we need to get done. Um, if I can tell a little bit on my wife. Next weekend, she's going to be babysitting in Florida for our son and daughter-in-law. So she was like, I've got to get these things done before I leave. A sense of pressure that we're feeling. And so it can become this challenge that, am I, What what's the anticipation that's building up inside of me? Am I hearing the words of the prophets being quoted by the gospel writers in Mark and in Luke, make a place? Or am I hearing the noise of what's occurring around me, maybe inside of me? Thinking about this day that's in front of me, and yet I'm missing the day that I'm in, when consumption forces me away from connection and compassion. Chasing after a finer day that somehow I have this idea in my head. It was um, it's the prophets that proclaim it, the book of Isaiah, the book of Malachi, that, that the gospel writers are quoting. It was the church father, Arrhenius, who was first quoted as saying, the glory of God... Think about this thought the glory of God oh man I've had all kinds of images especially in my Pentecostal background what's that like oh man it's gonna be that day here's what Arrhenius said the glory of God is the heart of a man fully alive which implies a couple of things first Correctly, I believe that he proclaims this. My heart can be alive. That's scripture, right? I'm going to take out of your heart of stone. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put my spirit in you. It can be alive. And the other thing that it implies is that I can be a walking dead person. I can walk around and not really be fully alive. So, What is the anticipation? So this is what Advent is all about. This is why there was this season that came together for the church, and it bears a lot of thought. It bears a lot of thought because I want you to consider this. I I, I come out of backgrounds, you know, I've shared this before, got lots of different kinds of backgrounds, and one of them being that that many times we, we've seen the world and its pressures around us, and we've seen the calls to holiness and fervency in response to the perceived rise of secularism around us. Has anybody ever heard something of that variety? Okay, I'm giving that kind of I'm kindly trying to give that words. So so in other words, the fervency is we've got to stand against that. And then oh then it'll be good then it'll be better then then jesus will be seen but you know here's a profound thought ponder this it bears repetition we should do this early and often in the incarnation the very the very seed and bed of our of our faith that god became man that he became the 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 uh, what is it, the face of mercy, in, in, of divine mercy in the person of Christ, God becomes man in a world dominated by dictators. Oh, yeah, that's true. In unjust systems of poverty where wealth was used to abuse others, that's true. In a realm of oppressive slavery, racial bigotry and hatred, God becomes man, and not as a military deliverer, not as a wealthy philanthropist, not as an earthly prince, but as a child born in poverty. In a race despised, to a teenage mother born in a cave, This isn't how we would write a story of deliverance. Freedom. We want something big, want something impressive, something that we can anticipate. And yet, as I read the prophets, make way, not for the pomp as you've known it, but in your your heart. It really does matter what kind of anticipation captures us, anticipation. As we enter into this season, that's the question I want to invite us to ponder this morning. Lord, make ready my heart. What's capturing my heart? The concerns, the consumerism, connection, compassion. God, you came into a mess of fractured creation and humanity, and it didn't hinder you at all. You revealed hope. You brought life. And this is what I was beginning with this morning. This is the anticipation of creation. Romans 8 is that today, right here now, you can reveal another home, another place. Beloved, the good news of Anvent that we proclaim today is that we would be present to the God who is with us. Today, in this season, we proclaim Christ has come. He continues to come to man. He is the one, ponder this, who's making the world a home again. Jesus, I can't wait for you to come. Yay! Guess where He's coming? Here. I grew up thinking these ideas that, you know, it's all going to get wiped out and there's going to be something brand new. Jesus says, I'm coming to restore, to make all things whole. So Mark proclaims in Mark 1, make ready a way for the Lord. Make a straight path to your heart. So that, again, clearly means that I'm not ready. I need to... Make something ready, and it's not something out there that needs to change. That's a, that, that's a, that's a one really really big paradigm shift that many of us need to accept. What needs to be changed most is in here. What's What's the the empire that's actually ruling in my life, in my heart? What am I actually anticipating? Do I actually believe that the love of God revealed in me can change my world? Am I living, preoccupied, anticipating that out there? Or something here? And by the way, that's the whole reason, that's the whole history of, of Advent, is that somewhere around the fourth century, again, so just put history, church history together, okay, you got 300, 350 or so, that uh, Constantine says, hey, we're not going to kill these guys anymore. In fact, I think I'm going to become a Christian. Again, Pete, there's a debate about that, whether or not he was actually an authentic Christian. But the point is, he says, it's not outlawed anymore. He puts up a building, says, ah, there's, that's your church now. What was the church for the 300 years before that? There's a good question we're thinking about. It wasn't a building. And so now we have these buildings people are going to, and now they can safely go out, and they don't have to speak in code with one another. They can actually say, I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus, and they're not worried about whether something's going to happen. In fact, it's almost become favorable because now, now it's sort of an in thing, and it's become accepted, and the church is facing a new challenge. Safety and comfort. And so the church fathers, around 400, said, I... We need to uh, we need to we need to kind of like ring a bell. <laughs> we need to we need to help people see some things for what they really are. And so this is where the beginnings of the church calendar come into being. Some who want to debate, okay, Jesus was he born actually in December on December twenty fifth? Ah, probably not. Is that worth a debate or dying on the hill for? No. the the the, the point of The history is that God became man. This is what we celebrate. So church fathers said, you know what? We want to help you begin to form in your mind something in in, in a pattern in your life that says, I understand that my life is not ruled by this empire of Rome, but it's ruled by a king, and his name is Jesus. Okay, that's why there was this this, uh, tradition beginning, uh, called Advent, so that Christians could begin to declutter their lives from the entanglements of the systems that were beginning to define them. Sounds familiar. Uh, That that my life would not be defined by how the world says it's going to be defined by my success of what I have and what I own and how how much influence I can show to others, but rather Jesus who said, uh, do you love me and do you love your neighbor? And so in that invitation to declutter, comes Advent, and the Advent is, is, is a call to anticipation. So we're going to have this season where we're, we're just going to, like, simplify our lives. Interesting. That's how it began. Simplified. It doesn't seem like it gets simplified many times but uh, so they said you know rather than january being the beginning of the year we're going to say let's start in december so that we we just we we just agree that as christians followers of jesus our lives are ordered by him all right so the, according to the church calendar the, the year begins in december and 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 then we begin to embrace intentionally some of that wisdom. Now what if I, in the 21st century said, maybe that's a wise thing to do. So, so they use some simple things like color. Why would they use purple? Well, kings were royal. kings and rulers of empires had purple. And what Christians said was, there's an empire. We see this around us, but we recognize our king as Jesus. And, oh, by the way, <clears throat> this gets weird on us sometimes because sometimes we can say, oh, Jesus, you, you want me to, uh, I see how empire runs. If I just put your name on it and run it in the same way. No, actually, Jesus said this is the way that you do it. You, you, get, you lay down your life and you love your neighbor and you forgive your enemy and you bless those who persecute you. So, yes, go ahead and celebrate royalty, but understand that my kingdom isn't like the empire. It's that you are of my kind. So, one of the ways that some of the church historians have encouraged Christians during the season to say, rather than saying kingdom as in like an empire, maybe you, you could just put uh, kingdom like you're of his kin, K I N. All right? I'm of the king. That's the kind of person that I am. So I think there's something that's good about saying, I'm going to enter into this with a whole heart and say, Lord, prepare my heart. Here I am in the midst of this swirl. And so the politics, the problems of the world will be secondary to what's actually real. You are real. Lord, make my heart ready. So what this means is I'm going to deliberately make space for you in my life. I'm going to re-examine how am I making space in my life for Jesus. So that doesn't mean all of us have to have an Advent wreath on our front door. You might have one. That's cool. That doesn't mean all of us need to have Advent candles at home. You might have one. That's cool. It doesn't mean that you have to have a 24-7 streaming service playing Christmas carols. You might enjoy that. But true anticipation in this season is, Lord, how am I being present to you? And oh, by the way, if I'm being present to you, I'm being present to the life of others around me. And and so to be present in my life means that I begin to recognize and to see the story of the people around me not one person that you'll meet today that doesn't have a story filled with disappointments and failures and pain and brokenness and difficulty not one almost like a like a teenage girl who had hopes and dreams of her life and suddenly she finds out she is pregnant and her life has been disrupted. Much maybe maybe farm boys that were taking care of sheep that were so despised they weren't even allowed to testify in court because they were not seen as actual responsible individuals. And they, they, these, these unrespectable boys encounter something. See, the the, the real story, the real coming of Jesus is that he comes. Into the life of those who are experiencing difficulty, brokenness, disappointments. Oh, but he still comes. That's the wonder of what we celebrate. Anticipation, being captured by the God who comes. That's not just, hey, three points in a lesson, and you agree with, you know, let's let's all quote the same verses together. No, no, God became a man. So that I could become something different so that there could be this thing of actually knowing Him. Advent is a proclamation that God has come into our life and that He gives us life. This isn't about, you know, an instruction book. It's about Jesus full of grace and full of truth. Oh, my goodness. Let I me mean, think about this again. In the midst of where we are, in the midst of suffering and brokenness, he didn't just send an instruction booklet. He came to reveal mercy, forgiveness, compassion, connection. He comes, beloved. Could it be that I could just pause? Lord, you can, you can still come today. You can still reveal yourself today, beloved. Yes, This is what we proclaim, and I I just want to speak this clearly. I I don't have time to go into all of my notes here, but let me just say this one point pretty clearly. I've said it before and other times, but, oh, beloved, um, there are narratives that, that are quoted in some circles that say things like this, if and when, you know, if you get your act together, when you do this enough, when that happens, then God will come. Beloved, I want us to ponder the incarnation, and let it stun you. Let it touch your heart. God came into what man could not do better or improve, and he proclaimed life. And he continues to come. So I can look in the world that is absolutely a mess right now and say, I don't understand it, but I don't believe God's up there waiting. He said, now, guys, come on, get it together, and then maybe I'll come. That is a misrepresentation of his heart. You are anticipating the wrong God. God came and He continues to come. In the face of suffering, He comes. So So maybe, part of what I need to do is to, is to say, Lord, I, maybe part, part of what helps me to put on and anticipate that right truth is to ponder, Lord, what, what motivated you? Well, You know, I, I again, I I'm leaning into this a little bit this morning. But you know, I, I grew up in a religious tradition. I, I felt a lot of a lot of uh, uh, do's and don'ts on my life. Like, man, I really want to do this right and do that enough, and then I'll get the blessing of God. But uh, but but see, here here's the thought. I, I remember reading some of the Gospels and the the epistles, and I would read them and go, Oh man, if I put on faith and hope, then I can. I'll I'll, I'll be that person that allows all that to break in. Well, here's two really interesting thoughts. If you think of the incarnation correctly, faith, hope, love, mercy, grace, where did that come from? Where did it start? Where did it actually exist before sin came into the world? Where was it? It was in the heart of God. It all existed before your failure, and it still exists. So, so when I hear now those invitations from the scripture, put on faith and hope and love. That isn't me trying harder, that's me surrendering. Oh, Lord, this is, I want to agree with your imagination and your thoughts and the way that you actually see reality. That, beloved is gospeling. That is right anticipation. That's what it means to encourage the uh, faint-hearted and and to pray for them. So let me skip scooch forward. There's some other thoughts I have in the notes. If you want to look at them later, that's fine. Um, But the posture then, what does the posture of anticipation look like? For most of us, prepare your heart. That means that for most of us it's a choice that we would live differently than what we normally do. So worship and prayer are formative because we tend to be formed by what we give our time and our attention to. So my point is that our time and our resources are often subject to the demands of others. So, Lord, how do I anticipate, how do I make my heart ready One of those is to choose, if I can say this nicely, good religion in this season. Okay? Uh, And I know religion is kind of a dirty word because we attach it to being religious. But there is a good religion, that even the Bible. I've got Bible verses that say that, you know. Uh, Pure and undefiled religion is to care for the widow and the orphan and their distress and to keep oneself from being undefiled by the world. I think, what is that, James 1, 13, 14, somewhere in there? So, Lord, I want to choose a rhythm and a routine in my life that's anticipating that you who came can still come. Here's what this means for me most of the time. Nine times out of ten, it means I need to slow down. Walk, literally walk slower. Drive a little slower. Listen, listen a little longer. Be okay with stillness and anticipation and surrendering, saying, oh, wait, wait. Make my heart ready. I, I, okay, Lord, by making my heart ready, I think what this means, Lord, is, is to just simply pause again for a moment. I, I was praying with a group of pastors early this week and and. I was just meditating on this thought. Oh my goodness. There, those boys were on those hills and they're caring for these sheep. And the angel of the Lord comes to bring a proclamation to them. And, and the account tells us that suddenly these created beings that are not omnipotent, they don't have all knowledge, begin to sing because they're in and the, 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 the content of their song is this. Peace is on earth. I didn't... Now, this is Ben's translation. I didn't see that one coming. Look what God's done. Oh, my goodness. Peace on earth and goodwill to man. God, that's... Your generosity is amazing. Lord, let me hear the anthem of the angels again when I'm tempted to get overwhelmed, and we all are right now. We're all tempted. Beloved, I, I think... If we're to correctly understand Mark 1, 1 to 3 and Luke and Malachi, it's, Lord, I, let me pause and slow down long enough. Let me come back to a lyric here. Same song. Tomorrow we might not be together. I'm no prophet, and I don't know nature's ways. so I'll try to see into your eyes right now and stay right here. Because these are the good old days. Not, Not something out there, right here, right now. The glory of God, Arrhenius said, is the heart of man, fully alive, present to the God who is present. Beloved, Advent is an invitation to good news to be present to God and who he is with us. We proclaim this, that Christ has come and he continues to come. He is the one who is making the world a home again. Lord, make my make my heart your home again, Amen. Make my 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 uh, my house your home again, Amen. Um, I want to invite us to close with. This prayer Angie. are we were you we able to get this up okay would you guys stand with me this is a little bit longer prayer but it's it's confessional in its nature and I, I think it's just really really good let's stand and then we're going to come to communion those of you on the call thank you guys for being with us uh, we're grateful to have you we're gonna we're, by the way we're still trying to do some things to improve things so that we're able to uh, just be connected together But I want to invite us to praying this prayer here together. Let's pray this. My King Jesus, you are the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the author and finisher of our faith, who was, is, and is to come. I bow my heart before you now and humbly submit to your plan, your way, your plan. In this season filled with distractions of many kinds, may I be different this year. May you be the first thought of each day, my last thought as I lay my head on the pillow. Give me focus to look at everything in my world through the lens of your truth and love, a love that left heaven to become a tiny, vulnerable, newborn baby. What a sacrifice. May I miss no opportunity to worship fully for your good gifts already given. Open my spiritual eyes to see the new gifts you place before me. Surprise me with your abundance, precious Lord. To you be all the glory and praise, my Redeemer, my friend, my Savior. Amen and amen. Sorry for turning.